to be in church this morning. Hey, why don't you guys just take a second? I want to say a quick prayer for us this morning. Will you guys join with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come before you. Lord, we thank you for the privilege that it is to come into this place and to worship you. And God, I don't know what each and every one of us stepped in here with this morning, but I know that when we encounter you, we encounter freedom. And God, you have freedom from addiction present in this place. That you have freedom from anxiety, from fear, from worry, from bitterness, from depression. And Lord, we invite you into this place today, God. We ask that you would speak directly to our hearts individually, Lord, specifically for each and every one of us here this morning. God, we thank you for what you're going to do here today. And it's in Jesus' name that we all said amen. Hey, why don't you guys give somebody a high five, tell them they look good today, and then take a seat. All right, y'all, I said one person. Everybody is like 1130. It's like, we got time. Hey guys, for those of you that don't know, my name is Shayla. I'm actually Pastor TJ's wife, and I get, thank you, thank you. I get the honor and the privilege of getting to bring to you God's word today, and it is such a joy to get up here and do this, but I wouldn't be able to do that without the love and support and encouragement of my husband, and I want you guys to know that the man that stands up here every week to, to bring you an encouragement and a message is not just one way on this platform in a different way in real life. He is the same person on and off the stage that you see up here. And I am so grateful for a husband and a man that encourages me, that's my greatest advocate, my greatest cheerleader, my greatest encouragement. You guys have an incredible pastor. And so he won't even look up here because he's like, I hate public recognition. <laughs> But before we dive in today, I have a couple announcements to make to you guys. As you guys can see, God is doing something incredible in our church, and we are filling up all kinds of services. We add a service, and then that service fills up. Our Saturday nights are, are filling up very quickly, and so it is with great joy and honor and privilege to we are going to tell you that we are actually adding another service, a sixth service, coming up on October 20th at 1245. For, yes, it's incredible. So for those of you that are like, oh, 1130 is a little too early for me, like there's another option. Invite all your party friends, your sleep-in friends, because we have a great option for them to come and to be part of what God is doing in this place. Also, everybody say next week. You guys are good today. I appreciate the feedback and the energy that you guys are bringing this morning. Next week, we are starting a brand new series called The Comeback. And this is a series that you guys are not going to want to miss because this is all about the underdogs, all about those that have been down and out, that feel defeated in life, and God raised them up to a place of victory. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people around me that are walking through some difficult moments, that feel like they're discouraged, that they're, that they're down, and sometimes we just need something to begin to encourage us and lift us up. So if you know somebody that's walking through something in life, maybe you're walking through something, come back next week because Pastor TJ has an incredible word to kick off this series the last thing that I want to tell you about is Pastor TJ and I have, have actually had this like bucket list item that we have wanted to do for so long. 
And that is actually to get to visit Israel and to walk where Jesus walked. And so we are going to do a Holy Land tour coming up in March. So those of you that would be interested in going to Israel and taking part in this with us, after service today, right here in the auditorium, you can come back into the auditorium after service. Pastor TJ is going to give you guys the details, the price, all of those kinds of things, but we would love to invite you to come with us on that trip. We only have about 15 spots left, and so it's kind of filling up pretty quickly, so if you're interested, I would encourage you to kind of get into that now. But now that I'm done with all of my announcements, we can really dig in. But before I do that, how many of you guys are so sick and tired of the negativity that is in our culture right now? of the criticism, of the complaining, of the tearing people down. It is like I am so sick and tired of hearing all this critical nature, this critical spirit that is walking around. I actually think that some people think that they have the spiritual gift of complaining because they do it so well that they think this is just my gift. But it is, it is just so discouraging. I mean, listen to this. We live in Florida, right? We live in beauty. We live in paradise. But people, what do they do? They complain. It's too hot. It's too humid. It's too dry. Well, now it's too rainy. It's like we can find something. For God's sake, we live in paradise. We live where people vacation. And yet we can find a reason to complain or something to just gripe about. How many of you guys feel like you are, you're a good driver? You're a good driver. You're above average driver, maybe. This section is a really good driver's. Herein lies the problem. When you think you're a good driver or an above average driver, you feel like you have the right to complain about everybody else's driving. It's like, they're going too fast. They're going too slow. Don't they know that you can turn right now because the light is red, but you can turn right on red? Like, we're complaining about all of these things. And I actually had an epiphany a few weeks ago. We were driving, and TJ loves it. He lets me drive, probably because I'm the better driver. But so when we were driving, I was like, somebody was in front of me, and they were driving me crazy. So I'm like throwing my hand. What is he doing? Can he go? The light is green. And I'm like freaking out. TJ looks over at me. He's like, Shayla. I had this awareness and I became something that I never wanted to become. And I realized that I had adapted to a true South Floridian. (laughs) It's like, I am the one that is honking at someone before the light turns green. We can find things to get frustrated with and to complain about. I mean, think about this. We go to fast food restaurants, right? We walk up to a counter. Someone else takes our order. Someone else makes our food. Then someone else brings our food out to us. And it takes three and a half minutes. And we are livid. I have seen people lose their mind. Because it's like, three and a half minutes, what am I supposed to do in three and a half minutes? People just get so frustrated. It's like, for God's sake, you, you like, somebody just served you. What about this? A lot of us, we drive our car up to our house. We press a button. 
door opens. We drive our car into a protected environment. We press a button. The door closes again. We get out of our car. Then we complain about the gas mileage of said car. Then we walk into our house, into a controlled environment with air conditioning. We walk over to our refrigerator. We open the refrigerator full of food. And we say, I have nothing to eat. And then we turn on the TV with 847 channels. And we say, there is nothing to watch. Help me out, you guys. We walk into our closet full of clothes. And we say, I have nothing to wear. You guys, we are so blessed. Yet we are so ungrateful. We have so much. Yet we appreciate nothing. And I'll be honest with you guys. By nature, I am not a grateful person. I want more. I want better. I want it faster. I want it now. That's why with everything within me, I am asking God to help me to pursue a heart of gratitude. To make a decision to be grateful about the things that I do have. You know, as I was studying for this message, I I did some research actually on gratitude and on gratefulness. And experts say that gratitude is actually the value that unlocks other values in your life. See, it's gratitude that unlocks generosity. I mean, think about it. If you have gratitude towards someone or something, what do you want to do? You want to give. You want to serve. You want to be part of what's happening because gratitude is a value that begins to unlock generosity in our life. Gratitude begins to unlock encouragement. It unlocks thankfulness. See, gratitude unlocks so many positive qualities in our life. Gratitude can actually begin to change our heart. And I'm asking God to transform my heart from a heart that is often entitled to a heart that is by nature more grateful. And the tragedy is there are so many people that will never truly experience a true heart of gratitude. Because we are surrounded by culture. We are surrounded by people that it's all just negative and bad and critical and complaining. And it's so hard to move into a space of gratitude when we're constantly surrounded by all of that. And it takes work to have a great gratitude-filled heart. And we're going to study a passage of scripture today. It's from a story in Luke's gospel. And it's actually in chapter 17, verse 11. And we're going to see an encounter of Jesus with some lepers. And tragically, we're going to see in this story a lack of gratitude, but I think it's something that we can all see present in our own life. So we're going to pick up the story and read how Luke accounts this story. And it says in verse 11 through 13, 
Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. He was going into a village, and ten men who had leprosy met him. How many men were there? You guys are sharp. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, when we read this story, what we have to understand is that these ten men are crying out from the depths of their soul. See, in those days, actually, Leviticus in the Old Testament recounts how lepers had to present themselves in public. So if you had the disease, if you had leprosy, what you would have to do is you would have to tear your clothes so that people could see from a distance that you were unclean, that you were diseased, so that they didn't approach you. So they had to tear their clothes. They would also have to shave the hair, all the hair off of their head. They would have to walk around and cover their mouths so they wouldn't infect people. As they were going into public spaces, they would have to shout out, unclean, unclean. Unclean. I actually made TJ start doing this when he comes home from the gym. <laughs> because he is stank. <laughs> but they were experiencing public humiliation, social rejection. And on top of that, their whole body would be oozing with sores. We won't go too deep into what that looked like. But you can imagine the devastation were, that was, at, was present in these men's lives. See, I mean, for years, these men would not have had intimacy with anyone. I mean, not even a hug. So when they see Jesus, they see this man who has been doing miracles. They've heard of Jesus. They've seen him open blind eyes, open deaf ears. They've seen miracles begin to happen through this man. And so when they see Jesus from the depths of their soul, they're crying out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Because maybe, just maybe, this man could be the key to changing the rest of my life. Maybe this man is the key to my healing. Maybe this man is the key to my redemption. So with everything in me, I am going to cry out to him. And it goes on to say that when he saw him, them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. And I just want to pause here for a minute. There's some of you that have been crying out to God in desperation. There's some of you guys that need God to do a miracle in your life. There's some of you guys that need God to show up and to move. And what is so key about what Jesus tells them, he tells them to go, and it says on their way, they experience the miracle. And some of you guys, you've been so desperate for God to show up and do something, and you need to step into obedience to what God is telling you to do. And on your way, through your obedience, the miracle will come. So it says, on their way, as they went, they were cleansed. And it says, one of them, how many? One. Man, still really good. When he saw he was healed, came back. 
praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. He was a Samaritan, which was a big deal because Samaritans did not interact with Jews. But Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Ten lives were miraculously transformed. But only one came back to give thanks. Church, can I just submit to you today? I want to be the one. I want to be a church where we decide to be the one. To be the one that gives God praise for everything he's done. To give God honor for the victory that is present in our life. To thank him for the many blessings. Lord, let me be the one. As I was praying and asking God, like, Lord, how, how, can I, how can I be the one? How can I create in myself this heart of gratitude? How can I grow in this area of my life? And I think that through studying and just reading, God showed me three things that I think can be three keys to developing a heart of gratitude. And the first one is this. We need to have an attitude adjustment. Come on, parents. Man, my parents used to tell me all the time, Shayla, you need an attitude adjustment. But I think sometimes as adults, we need this too, to, to shift our focus, to recognize the goodness that is present in our life. In James 1, 17, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from God. And I think where we go wrong is sometimes we think in our life we have the attitude of entitlement. Well, I did this. I got this job. I provided this for my family. I'm the one that made this happen. It is my gifts, my talents. I got the scholarship. I did this. But the reality is, without breath in your lungs, you would do nothing. Listen, without the gift and talent that God possesses, that he put it inside of you, you would not be who you are today. You wouldn't have the job that you have without the gifts and talents that God has given you. Every good gift comes from God. The purpose that is present in your life that gives you the ability to move forward with vision and passion, that is God-given. Listen, all of the good things that we have present in our life is because God gave it to us. Yes. And we need to begin to have an attitude adjustment because without God, none of those things in life would exist. And when we understand that every good thing that we have comes from God, instead of an attitude of entitlement, we begin to have an attitude of gratitude that overflows and unlocks so many other values in life. As I was studying for, for this message, I was looking up all of these different keys to gratitude, and it actually studies show that if you begin to fix your attention on what is good or what you're thankful for, you actually become a happier, more fulfilled person. I talk to people all of the time that say, Shayla, I just want to be happy. I just want to have joy in my life. I just want to have fulfillment in my life. Listen, then adopt an attitude of gratitude. Begin to shift your focus to have an attitude adjustment. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says this, be anxious for nothing. 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Look, listen, this is saying God's going, come to me with your requests. Come to me with what you desire. He's not saying don't come to me with anything. Just feel like, you know, you have everything in life. He's saying come to me. But he's also saying come to me with the right attitude. And you guys are probably way more spiritual than I am. But many times when I go to God, I go to God complaining. I go to God, Lord, can you please fix TJ? God, I feel like he keeps saying the same thing over and over again. I'm just so sick of hearing him say that. Lord, can you please help him to start putting down the toilet seat? And I can find all of these things to complain about to God. God, would you, will you fix him? But what this is saying is that with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Lord, I thank you for my husband. I thank you for the encouragement that he is. I thank you for the gift that he is to my life. I thank you for the way that he leads our family. Lord, I thank you for who he is, Lord. And I know that you have the power and the ability to begin to move in his heart to put the toilet paper on right. <laughs> but God, I thank you for him. But when we begin to change our attitude and our approach to God and we lead with thankfulness, it changes sometimes our requests. Instead of complaining about our messy house and why is this house all messy and can't anybody put anything away and all of those things, start by saying, Lord, thank you for my husband and for my kids who you have given me that make this house messy. Instead of complaining about our dilapidated car. Lord, I thank you so much for the blessing that you have given me in my life. Because I am more blessed than so many people in this world. Lord, thank you for the blessing of my dilapidated car that I don't have to walk to work. But God, I would really love another one if you wanted to be so gracious. But I thank you for the one I do have. Instead of complaining about everything that needs to be fixed around the house and how am I going to get the money to fix all of these things, Lord, I thank you that I have a roof over my head, that I have air conditioning to keep me cool. Now, so many times we get into this place of complaining rather than this place of recognizing the goodness and the mercy and the grace and the blessings that God has given us. Listen, the things that you are complaining about, other people are praying for. The things that you are complaining about, other people are praying in desperation for God to do in their life. I want you guys to actually do an exercise this week. So I want you to go home. I actually did this exercise in a really difficult season of my life. Where I felt like God wasn't coming through. All I could see was the negative. I just felt like everything was against me. You ever have those seasons where it's just like, I can't even see beyond what's bad. I remember being in this season and I sat down and said, you know what? Enough is enough. I can't think. I can't live like this. 
So I sat down and I pulled out my journal and I began to scratch onto my journal a few things that I was thankful for. I began to write this list of what I was thankful for and honestly, some of it I had to dig deep for. I had to pull it out. Lord, I'm thankful for my dog. Thankful, you know, like just start writing things that you're thankful for. And do you know what? Something crazy happened. I had an incredible day. I was walking through life with so much positivity and so much joy and so much life. People were like, what is wrong with Shayla? But just by starting out my day going, these are the things that I'm thankful for, changed the course of my day. We need to have an attitude adjustment. After we have an attitude adjustment, it's number two. Don't let what you want rob you of what you have. Don't let what you want rob you of what you have. And I think this is such a powerful statement. And I want you guys to actually repeat this after me. They're going to throw it up on the screen. And on the count of three, I want you guys to declare this. I want you guys to yell this out. So ready? One, two, three. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Say it again. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Say it one more time. You're all not doing it. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Listen. That's right. Listen, single people in here. For those of you, exactly. (laughs) She knows. Single people, those of you that are so desperate to find that relationship, those of you that are longing to find the one, to get married, to enter into that relationship, don't let what you want rob you of what you have. Your singleness is a gift. God wants to do some incredible things in your singleness that he couldn't do if you were married. God wants to do some amazing things in this season of your life. Don't get so focused on what you want that you miss the gift that you have. Those of you that are married and you so desperately want to have children. Listen, I've been there. And when, you, when, it, when it's not happening and you get so focused on, on what you so desperately want. Listen, don't let what you want rob you of what you have. Because you have a gift in time in your relationship. You have a gift of building a stronger relationship, a stronger marriage. You have the gift of time and freedom. All the parents said, hey, don't let what you want rob you of what you have because I wish I had it. Don't let what you want rob you of what you have. Ecclesiastes 6.9 says this, better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. Better what is before me than that which I want. Better is in front of you than what you are longing for. The NLT says it a little bit different. It says enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't. We have to begin to enjoy and to appreciate all the incredible things that are present in our life. Because whenever we adopt an attitude of gratitude, gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. (laughs) Gratitude turns whatever we have 
into enough. Get this, I'll, I'll, I'll say this again. There are so many people that are desperate for fulfillment, for happiness. And we think that if we just get this thing or if we just could, could accomplish this or if I could just get that scholarship or if I could just get that job, then I would be happy. But the reality is, listen, it is not happy people that are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. It is not happy people who are grateful. It is grateful people who are happy. We have to begin to develop this attitude of gratitude. It is not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. You know, a couple of years ago, TJ and I were actually in Miami, and we were driving down this road, and, and we came to this, this bridge, and there was actually this homeless guy that was standing under the bridge, and he had this sign. And as we were driving by, we read the sign that he had in his hand, and it said this, why live in a million-dollar house when you can live under a five-million-dollar bridge? <laughs> I was like, preach, dude. Come on. Come on. What an incredible attitude. What an incredible attitude just to appreciate what I do have, to appreciate the goodness that is present in my life without the roving of the appetite. Better is what is in front of me than the roving of the appetite. Listen, most of you guys, you get three meals a day. Some of you guys, four. Some of you, five. Maybe you should have three. <laughs> but listen, we all have enough to eat. Most of us, at some point in a year, we can go out and pay someone else to serve us food. Almost everyone in here, you have a bed to sleep in. You have got clothes to wear. You have got shoes to put on your feet. Some of you guys have multiple pairs of shoes, one to mow the lawn in. You got house shoes. You got gym shoes. Like, we are incredibly blessed. Most of you have a car to drive or a bus to take. Those of you that have a job, you are extraordinarily blessed. Do you know if you just make at least minimum wage... You make 32 times the amount of what half the people alive today are making. We are so incredibly blessed, yet we are so incredibly ungrateful. I mean, listen, all of us have a phone, right? Do you know you can do more on your phone than just talk? Like most of we can FaceTime somebody. At the push of a button, a pizza will show up at your door. But what do we do so many times is we take our perfectly working thing and exchange it for a new and better working thing. We are so incredibly blessed, yet we are miserable and wanting more. See, gratitude turns whatever you have into enough. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people. Who are happy in Philippians 4 11 through 13 it says this Paul like hit the nail on the head he was like not that I was ever in need and let me just tell you some of us we think we're in need but we're not listen you have food to eat hey granted it might be a bowl of ramen or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but you have what you need 
He says, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have, how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it was, is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Listen, it all comes back to Jesus is giving it to you. God gives good gifts to his kid. Every good and perfect thing comes from above. The strength that you need is present when you have a financial need. The strength that you need is present when you're walking through a relational difficulty. Listen, God has the strength and the ability to carry you through all of those things. I think the last key is so important because I think so much of gratitude starts here. It starts with how we think. It starts with how we process information. It starts with the the things that we marinate on and we sit with. And as I was preparing this message, I was actually looking up studies on our mind and thinking and and on the brain. And this is so interesting. I found that we can talk at a rate of 100 to 200 words per minute. Some of you, you're good. You got 300 words per minute down pat. You are overachievers. But get this, we think at a different rate. The self-talk, the conversations that we actually have in our head, like to ourselves, are anywhere from 700 to 5,000 words per minute. And get this, of those words that are going through our brain, 60 to 75% of those self-talk conversations are negative. 60 to 75% of the thoughts that are rolling through our head constantly are negative. How many of you out there is like, yep, that's my brain? Yeah. Like we have this tape that is consistently playing that's reminding us of what's not good or reminding us of what still needs to happen or reminding us that we're not good enough. It's this place, that, this, this tape that plays over and over and over in our head and the enemy works best in isolation when we're alone with our thoughts. Begins to discourage us and distract us, to make us unthankful. So here's the last point. We need to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. You know, many, many years ago before TJ and I were married or even dating, we were just friends and I had gotten out of a really bad four-year relationship And that relationship was so defeating and demoralizing, discouraging, that I had zero self-esteem. I didn't think anything good could come out of my life. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. There was always going to be somebody that was better than I was. And I lived my life in this place of defeat. And it came out in relationships, and it came out in conversations, and I'll never forget. I was probably 19 years old, and TJ and I and some friends were in a car driving one day, and I must have been on this this negative journey, and I was saying all of these negative things, and TJ recognized it, and he said, Shayla, do you realize, like, you are a daughter of the king." I was like, yeah, yeah, daughter of the king, great, you know, what does that mean? He said, no, you need to to say that. 
say, I am a daughter of the king. I was like, I'm a daughter of the king. He's like, no, Shayla, you need to say that. And I said, I am a daughter of the king. And he said, no, Shayla, you need to really say that. And I said, I am a daughter of the king. It's like as soon as I declared those words, something changed in my life. See, so many of us, we've got this negative tape playing and playing and playing that the only things that come out of our mouth are negative and discouraging and complaining and critical comments. And we need to change the narrative of our mind and of our words. We need to begin to speak truth over our situation, not just come in here and sing songs about waymaker, promise keeper, but to actually go home and declare those things over our life, to believe those things over our life and our situation when we're in the middle of it. You know, Paul in Philippians 4.18, he says this, finally, brethren, Paul's like, let me get through to you people. Whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Paul's like anything, okay, you guys? Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, think about those things. We have to begin to change the narrative of our thoughts and our words, and we have to begin to declare gratefulness and truth and hope and life because it is not happy people who are grateful. It is grateful people that declare the goodness of God, that live in fulfillment and happiness and joy and peace and redemption in life. Listen, church. I want to be the one. Let's be the one who thank God for what he's doing in our life. Who acknowledge the good things that are present. Who begin to take time to sit and to think, Lord, what am I thankful for? As you begin to Adopt this attitude of gratitude. It's going to change the fulfillment of your life. It's going to change your relationships. It's going to change your job. It's going to change your family. It's going to change your community. It just might change the nation. If all of us began to say, I will be the one. Life could look a whole lot different. Will you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, with grateful hearts. God, grateful for everything that you have given us, for breath in our lungs, for talent in our body, for a sound mind, for purpose. Lord, God, help us to Begin to adopt this attitude of gratitude. Allow us to see with different eyes what you've set before us. God, we thank you for all that you've done. And for what you're going to do as we begin to shift our focus. As we begin to allow you to move in our life. 
It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.